Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. Epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink, and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction, on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. My friends, when we hear the word idolatry, not with an A, adultery, but with an I, idolatry, It is easy for us to imagine primitive people in caves with clubs bowing down to carved out gods in stone or wood. But dear friends, let us not be so naive. Yes, let us not be so naive to think that we are somehow immune to idolatry. As if idolatry is only something that can happen to those so-called cave people long ago. No, we are not. We are not above idolatry, for it is found in every culture, in every continent, and yes, in every generation. It even happens right here in Minot, North Dakota. In fact, it happens in your own families. It even happens here in this church. It happens right here in your hearts. An old French theologian named John Calvin once said this. He said this about idolatry. The human heart is a perpetual idol factory. One more time. The human heart is a perpetual idol factory. Yes, your heart and my heart as well has a condition in which we manufacture idols. We shape and mold almost anything into a God from within the caverns of this corrupt heart. Quite simply, quite simply, when our hearts rely upon something else other than God for ultimate security, well, that thing that we rely upon, that thing that we cling to, is an idol. Whatever you look to for goodness and safety, that is your God. And so idolatry is everywhere. 
when your hearts, indeed, set their desires on something other than the one true God for help and pleasure and worth, well, you have created an idol and you have committed idolatry. Now, the Bible does not have gentle words to say about idolatry at all. In our reading from the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is quite clear with us this morning that we cannot serve two masters. And the Apostle Paul, in a reading from 1 Corinthians this morning as well, clearly warns us and condemns the problem of idolatry. You see, when it comes to idolatry, we are like a married man with a wandering eye. Idolatry pulls the heart actually two different directions, away from the Lord and on tension onto something else. Indeed, idolatry pulls the heart away from the Lord God and places our attention not upon another woman, but upon something else as the ultimate source of goodness and security. Idolatry, it splits the heart. It pulls our mind in two different directions. Idolatry, it actually creates theological and spiritual, get this, theological and spiritual two-timers, with one eye on the Lord and one eye on mistress idolatry. This is why Jesus warns us about understanding the place of money. Indeed, he warns us about money. Now, keep in mind that money itself is not bad. Money is not the root of all evil. However, it is the love of money that gets you and me into so much trouble. When our hearts shift away from God to loving money above all things as the ultimate source of goodness and safety, well, we have committed idolatry. And remember, Jesus says that no one can serve two masters. We cannot serve two gods. One will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot have your cake and eat it too, as they say. You cannot ride the fence. There is no middle ground. Our God is a jealous God. He does not tolerate theological two-timers. You cannot serve an idol and God at the same time. Now, just in case you might be tempted to think that you do not struggle with idols and idolatry itself, let me point out that the easiest telltale sign of the idols we have created and worship in our hearts is to ask ourselves two questions. The first question is this, what do we defend? Yes, what do we defend with tenacity when challenged the most? One more time, what do we defend with tenacity when challenged the most? And the second question is this, what do we boast in and what do we boast about to others? You see, somewhere behind every defensive spirit, you will typically find, yes, an idol. Since idols are lifeless things created in our hearts, well, they must be defended by you and me when they are challenged by others. Have you ever met a person with a very large ego? Well, behind that large ego is a large idol called prideful self-confidence. Have you ever been defensive and lash out at people on social media over politics? Chances are you are defending a threatened political idol that you have yourself. Have you ever been a part of a fight in the church Yes, behind every fighting defensive spirit is an angry, self-righteous idol. 
Dear friends, we must keep in mind, Christ is not divided. So those who have his spirit do not fight. Idols, though, idols fight. They fight to stay alive and they fight to stay in power. And regarding the boasting that we talked about, that question about boasting, when the Apostle Paul calls us to boast in Christ, get this, we are not boasting about anything within our hearts, but we're pointing away from ourselves pointing away from ourselves and our self-constructed idols, and we point to who? To Christ, to Christ Jesus. And so it could be said that when our boasting points inward to ourselves, that we're not upholding Christ, but most likely upholding an idol lodged somewhere deep within that cavern of that sinful heart. Now, dear friends, this is so completely messed up. I do not have to try to convince you that it is messed up, because it surely is. Idolatry is not only sinful, but it is futile and useless. Think about it this way for a moment. Idols are not real. Indeed, they are not real. They are only made and given power by the inclinations of our sinful hearts. Furthermore, idols cannot love you and cannot pursue you back. There's nothing active. There's nothing active or alive about idols. They cannot even bleed. And not being able to bleed is perhaps the most important thing for you and I to consider this day. Baptized saints. Yes, blessed baptized saints. Mark this. Open your ears. Mark this and hear this. You cannot have two masters because there is no substitute for Jesus. Furthermore, you cannot have two masters because you do not belong to dead idols, but you belong to the living Christ. You were not purchased by dead, meaningless, futile, pathetic idols, but by Jesus and his precious blood shed for every single one of you. Think of it this way as well. The Old Testament prophets, they describe God as a pursuer, his perfect love, always chases us down. Like an abandoned husband chasing after an adulterous spouse, like a lion chasing down its prey, our Lord is living and active, always pursuing mankind, pursuing you. Our sin and corruption, though, this sin and this corruption, this old Adam, blind us to God's persistent pursuit of us. You see, we would rather... We'd rather cuddle up with our pretend gods that we make, find comfort in amassing wealth, and relax in the delicacies of the simple, slothful old Adam while not realizing that we're cozying up with dead things. The idols that we make, those idols, the idols that we make and cherish, neither cherish us back nor pursue us with goodness and mercy. These idols do not give to us but they always pull us deeper into those dark caverns of our sinful, damning hearts. The idols we create, they cannot save us as we journey towards death itself. Idols are dead already. We cannot take these idols to the grave, and they certainly do not protect us from the grave. But get this, Jesus does. Jesus does. Baptized saints, the Lord, our creator, constantly calls us to repentance. 
And through repentance, yes, repentance, he, he, he pries from our rigid, clenched hands. He, he, he pries our rigid, clenched hands away from our idols. And he tenderly reminds us of his constant pursuit of us. He barges through the doors we've cowered behind and declares that we are his. He snatches us back and declares with boldness that his lifeblood flowed out to pay for our sins. Unlike idols, Jesus bled. He bled for you. He bled for me. Not only did he bleed, but he rose again, and he is alive this day. And so because our Jesus has rescued us from worthless idols, and because we cannot serve both idols and the Lord, we now know that the things like money and material goods and so forth, well, they're simply tools. Tools and things that we do not worship but use as good stewards to serve our neighbors. Indeed, we know that it is foolish to make things like money into a God. Money and possessions and earthly pleasures have no power to possess us or protect us. They're not alive. But again, they are simple tools that we use in service to one another, to bless each other, to bless our neighbor. Dear Christians, know this today, that your joy and your security are not in lifeless idols that are made from your hearts, but in Christ, who stands above your hearts with forgiveness and life and salvation as a gift. And with Jesus, you live this life without a defensive spirit because you know that Jesus is Lord and quite frankly, he can defend himself. Indeed, the Lord Jesus is our creator he is not some lifeless idol that needs to be propped up or rescued by our meager and tiny little endeavors to protect him. Jesus can take care of himself. And so lift up your heads. Smile with joy and lift up your heads, dear Christians. And fix your eyes on the living God who has rescued you from dead idols Always remember who holds you. See his wounds and his side and know the truth that this great pursuing and bleeding and dying, rising and living God, Jesus Christ, is your master and you get to be his servant. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word speaks us righteous bright with thine own holiness thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon you can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from pastor matthew richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit saint paul's website at www.saintpaulsminot.org the lord bless and keep you